Infoam podcast number six, Nathan Reese joining me once again. Uh, start as we've been starting. What's caught your eye this week, Reese? Well, I'll probably just those um, found boards for two boards for like $500. Get a free shirt and shorts and flippers, maybe. Cheap, pretty sick. Cheapest chips. Yeah. Are you sponsored by them or something, mate? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Was... What's, what's Rollins slinging you for saying that? Fuck, they just look like sick boards. And... Are you trying to get two boards for 400 Yeah. <laughs> and I think everyone wants to surf like Rollins, hey? Yeah. Well, you know, his style's You can, you can pick worse people to, to try and surf like. Mm. Um, we should, yeah, we should say not a not a paid promotion. That's just what's caught your eye. Yeah, I, I just saw it. and was going fuck. So that's two fifty for a board. I wonder what would be a cost. I don't know what a bodyboard is cost these days. What do you reckon? Should we ballpark spitball? What do you reckon a bodyboard cost? Oh, well, well not spitball. It's as good as the information we. Put out, isn't it? We don't research anything. We just dribble yeah, we shit. Just, we just, um, just guess. Just guess. I'm going to say... But at least now we look official with these microphones. <laughs> Not that anyone can see us. I'm going to say 150 to 180 for a board with all materials, manufactured, shipping, everything like that. Message, Mez. Because you got a factory in like... Get a senior and a container, and shipping prices have gone yeah. up extraordinarily. Yeah, but he just be selling them for yeah two boards for five hundred. He's got you can't he's you wouldn't be doing that and not making a profit. Yeah, but who knows what what kind of profit he's making? Probably hasn't got many overheads though. He's got his own own warehouse. Does he have distributor? Does he he sells in the shops? Right? No, nah, just straight doesn't straight to customer. I'm pretty sure that's the oh, business yeah. model. That's yeah. right. I've not seen him in the in D five or. Yeah. Straight there, cutting out the middleman, which... Is that why he can sell them so cheap? I think, yeah, well, you'd assume so. Geez, you'd piss off the shops selling them that cheap if you had them in the shop for like 400 and now he's selling yeah. them. Under, undercut what? the market. Which I suppose brings you to the argument, do you need, in this day and age, are shops like D5, Bodyboard King, Inverted, Core Bodyboard Stores still need them? Yes. Because they sponsor community events, they sponsor comps, they sponsor riders. Yeah, yeah. You can go get all the gear somewhere you can go talk to. They offer expertise. Oh, that's a fucking stupid question. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm posing it. If if Mitch can sell boards for that and still make, still make a profit, why why would you not employ that model? If if you own a bodyboard company, why wouldn't you go down that route? Well, because not everyone gives a fuck about being the king of king of capitalism <laughs> like people just want to are passionate about helping their community and spreading their expertise and want to do something they love and might turn that into a career and like just talk bodyboarding mate just, going to johnny's shop and he fucking loves lives it. and breathes it yeah yeah but mitch would too yeah yeah for sure but like doesn't mean you can't have a bodyboard shop so we're, we're I don't somewhere. know about – like, I've not – I've been into the inverted one on the Goldie, but it's just some grom in there. But they had some sick boards and stuff. Mm. All right. Um, what do you reckon, Reese? Like, have you visited many bodyboard shops? Yeah, well, I used to go to bodyboard surf car a fair bit when I was at Coolangatta. But I feel like, like you said, it's sick going in and, you know, there's a kid working there or – or Johnny or someone frothing and, yeah. you know, they tell you all the 
stuff about the best boards and you know flippers all that kind of stuff it's like a sick vibe in there too yeah, you know, it always be it's almost a place to hang too yeah. right community hangout and usually they'll have like a you know like a boog vid on and yep. kind of get froth and watching that for a while yeah uh, yeah. like a get wet back in the day Serious, like we used to, we'd go for a surf and then go back to the surf shop and hang out, like we did. Drop in to get wet. Never go to chaos though. I used to when I was riding for him. (laughs) (laughs) He's a legend though, man. He like, again, he built a community around that surf shop. Yeah. Like they both did. Like, again, small surf shops, like one of them's not so small anymore, but one of them's gone. But man, like he, he had a community around that surf shop, sponsored riders and like, you know, that's how you get also, that's how you get sponsored by other brands as well. So we'll say, we'll say good customer value, $500 for, for a Berg, probably not helping the overall community as a whole. Oh, no, I'm not summarize. saying that. I'm not, I'm saying it's just different. I'm no dissing Mitch for doing what he's doing. No. Why wouldn't you? Like. For sure. He's just transitioned from making money being a pro bodyboarder and that's the best way he can make a living out of bodyboarding. It's is it, Why wouldn't you use your name to sell boards and it's probably just the easiest way he can do it. Yep. Best way he can make some money. Do it Do it however you can do it. Whether that's selling other people's boards or selling your own boards. Like they've both got value. And the more boards he sells, the more bodyboards are out in the world and community, hey. Totally. More people getting barreled. I'll toss one up to you because this gets bandied around a little bit. Are there too many bodyboard companies? Yeah, there's a lot. Because the argument runs that because the pie is divided into so many small slices, nobody has then the financial power to to kind of push the sport because it's also chopped up. Yeah, but like, you know, but then if you talk about the surfing industry, mate, like they're paying their riders because Joe Bloggs, some dickhead that lives out in fucking Moree, wants to wear a billabong shirt. Yeah. That's where they get their money, man. They're not getting their money from surfers. Yeah, no, not from wetsuit sales. Not from hardware. No. Like they're, well, you know, like, listen, if they could reach more people, like it'd be great. All those, like, but again, like, who's going to, what are you going to say to the dude who wants to start his own company? Nah, man, because we just want three companies, not 20. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I don't know. Just, you think back, like, when Moray was flying in the 90s and they had everybody. They could afford to do what they were doing because they were selling so much volume aboard. They were, they were at the top and so they had the, the financial backing to be able to take 10 guys on that Aussie, Mike Stewart's Aussie, you know, the the tour where they took around, they took the whole Moro crew around, they could make videos just because they were, you know, they had, they were the top of the market, like they'd captured yep. the entire thing. So would it be, if we had say three big bodyboard companies and people only purchased from three big bodyboard companies, then that money could then, there's a lot of what ifs here. Mate. There's, There's too many, ifs, but like it's it. always and who gets who? Who are the three? Like it's all well natural attrition. But then I suppose fucking eye roll. <laughs> the second second time we mentioned it, but free market capitalism gets to decide that one. And, <laughs> and uh, at this point in time, well. Seems as though there's enough bodyboard companies Co- making enough profit for everyone to survive. So Co- communism. 
communism. Well, how would we um? Everyone just gets the same amount. The same amount of boards. Everyone has to socialism. Sell. Well, we could have a union, which where did I see that bandied round before? There was somebody talking about a, a bodyboard union. Yeah, mate. They, I'll tell you what. They're in my industry that I work in. They're like I rely heavily on the union. It might have been a writers' union. Oh yeah, yeah, potentially. Yeah. I think it was. Um, I think you, the surfers have one, don't they? Oh, I couldn't tell you. Um, God, I'll have to look that up. It was maybe there's a Hawaiian guy who was interviewing people and he was talking about forming a writers' union. Yeah, fair enough. Where if somebody wants to compete in an event, they have to supply X amount of conditions before the top 24, for example, will sign on for that event. I don't know. That'd be, but I don't know. That wouldn't work in the marketplace, would it? No. Could have a um, maybe a tax. Body well, they're doing tax. that, aren't they? They're going to do a bodyboard tax. Uh, rumors have not heard any more on that one yet, but yeah, there is things floating in the ether that there may be a, a small. Or were we not? Was I not supposed to say that? I don't know. I don't know where we're up to with that, but we'll just we'll float we'll float what we know at this point. There's rumors that there may be a bodyboard tax introduced, where this X percentage of sales goes back to help fund grassroots sports and sport and grommet development and that kind of stuff, which I don't know. That'd be cool. And labels That's, have already signed up to it. I don't know officially whether labels have officially signed up to it, but there's... I've heard that there are multiple waterboard companies that are, have have said have, they would... Have put their hand up. You know, oh. dollar a board kind of thing. <laughs> I know I'm not supposed to tell all this, but I'm doing it. Yeah, we're out there. Okay. It's... it's, it's you, Mate, you should know by now not to tell me a secret. <laughs> Apologies to anyone who, who, if we've just let the cat out. Well, I don't know. Yeah, we haven't my name's Reese. I'm the third the guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, we've uh, covered that pretty well. Covered that pretty well. Fuck rabbit hole again. Yep. What about you, boys? You, anything caught your eye? I'm going to say I just bought the latest copy of Surfing World. Um, oh, is yeah. that a bodyboard mag? No, but there are no bodyboard mags currently available. Fingers crossed there might be one in about two months' time if I pull my finger out and make something happen. But um, no surfing world. About halfway through, page 100 and something. little feature on a name a few bodyboarders may have heard of, Matt Percy. Now over in Western Australia, shaping... Seven foot, eight foot, nine foot bonzes and riding the, the bombies of, still charging the bombies of Western Australia, which is uh, pretty cool to see. You know, last yeah, time, cool. last time you probably heard from Perth, it was the last Shark Island yeah, sure. challenge, Island, which dude, eh? did he get second? I think Bullet won. He won the first one, Bullet won the second one, and then, Sick. Disapp- well, I shouldn't say disappeared, but I suppose your career comes to an end and. You go and find other things to do, and he's ended up in Western Australia riding, riding big, big bombies on big boards, and you know, it's pretty core, eh? Like it's interesting, yeah. A lot of bodyboarders are pretty core, aren't they? Really core surfers, just live for that shit. And reading the story, so the he found, a, I think he's found a seven or seven foot bonzer behind, like an abandoned board behind one of the surf clubs or something. Took it home, patched it up, started like when the island wasn't breaking, just surfing Cronulla Point and those kind of places, got hooked on that design and just 
followed that rabbit hole like really yeah just that was his that became his next thing i suppose he you know as much as you could master shark island he mastered shark island and moved on to these boards which apparently very very popular in western australia for big wave charges really yeah cool. and article by nick gibbs oh cool another throwback who i believe is well here's a rippy editor eh uh, I don't know if Nick was ever a riptide editor. Nick Gibbs? Yeah, no, you're thinking of Nick Long. Yeah. There's Nick Long that ran it. But Nick Gibbs is in Byron Bay. I believe he's a science teacher. He's a booger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You sure he didn't have something to do with Rippy or ABB uh, or know. the Goldie? Nick, when you listen to this, if you listen to this, Nick. When you listen, because lots of people listen to this when you listen to it, Nick, reach out. Or 180. We've got 180 people listen on average now. So. Oh, shit. It's going not up. bad. We're, we're kicking off, but yeah, so that's cool. It's a few old school, old school boogers combining for an interesting article. You sure it's just not the Bay Boys listening to it a few times each? 180 times. <laughs> it's like down Palmer listening to it on repeat to get the numbers up. Thanks, well, I boys. Think we, uh, I think we got another review, didn't we? From a mystery reviewer who may or may not live in my house and be 15 years old who, who may have reviewed the Apple podcast. <laughs> nice. What about you, Nath? Anything catch your eye? Um, a couple of clips were pretty cool. Um, I always end up segueing into what we talk about next, don't I? With that this little bit, but the um that hub clip was pretty fucked up. Hub and Dub and yeah, that was all the pipe stuff. Another question: Is Dave Hubbard? The most underrated prone rider. He's amazing. Yeah, he's so good. Like, he gets kudos for eight times drop knee champion. Does he not get enough kudos for being a prone rider? Like, that. No, nah, he... how does he not get kudos, man? Like, everyone rates him. No one's going, oh, he's a shit proner. Yeah. Like, he's, he's getting not... this footage of him. Like, he's not the person you immediately think about when you think about prone rippers. No, nah, he's just a good, like, you just, like, we'll talk to like, Last potty, yeah, a lot of the Hawaiian guys are just good bodyboarders, mate. They're all good all round good bodyboarders. Yep. He's is just it, a very, very, very good. Is he the best? Is he the best stand up booger in the world? I've not really seen. Really, haven't seen him. Oh, I have, but like, I've not really paid attention to you'd the stand up booger. You'd have to be close. Well, currently, there's none of the old school guys are doing that. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I do, I'd. The control I've seen him show, although that Matt Crilly is pretty amazing too, and his backhand is pretty amazing. Stand up, I mean, yeah, I just, stand up burger. Like I know it's you know they're well rounded, but to me, I just as a I ride a bodyboard and drop knee and prone and ride a surfboard. I just see it as very unpractical. Impractical. unpractical. Standing up on a boog. Yeah, yeah, it's a. It's super hard, and it, I'm like I get the challenge, but like whack a pair of fins and a. And a surfboard under you can surf that wave a lot so better. much better. It's an art form. I don't kind of understand it. I suppose those guys just get like, because see, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to waste a like three foot right hander mm. like, doing that. You know, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But those guys just get good waves quite a lot. Where <laughs> yeah. We don't. So they just. Get, Do you know what I mean? Like, would you? I wouldn't bowl a session stand up bodyboarding. Yeah. Uh, I don't have the option because I can't stand up bodyboard. Yeah, I can barely stand up, stand up. I'd be like slipping on, slipping on ice. 
Yeah. Well, I've done it like yeah. a bit. I've had a few sessions on it, but like I'm shit. Like I can't, do, I just slide across. What's I just, I don't quite understand it, but like, you know, it's cool. Well, Derek Hyde made an entire movement out of friction free yeah. surfing yeah. by just by ripping a pair of fins off a, off a surfboard. And that was his job for yeah, but 15 years. You watch those finless guys compared to a stand up bodyboarder. It's more practical on those than a bodyboard, I reckon. That's the, my opinion. The length, do you think, of those oh, boards? Or there's, like, I don't know. Man, you talk to those finless guys, there's a lot of a lot going on features. in those boards. Yeah. Asymmetrical and stuff. And yeah. But they tend to, like, they're real, like, well, they go so fast, too. Yeah. Way faster than, than a bodyboard. Way faster. Rails? Just yeah. the thinned out rails, the stiffness, like. Well, they'd be pretty hard towards the end of the board, I'd say. Yeah. Um, but then the, a lot of the um, those finless guys ride softboards too. They rails ain't they're like round. Yeah, they're big boxy things, aren't they? That you can barely sink. Um, prides clip. What's the best of prides? Best yeah. of. Yeah, that was so good, wasn't it? <laughs> they got such a good team. Yep. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Kind of pumping out content as well. It was all just mix, ma- mix and match from everything, yeah. but it's still amazing. Like those, they've got the best team by far. Yeah, great filming too. Although, like you watch that hub dub clip, and it's pretty nuts. Those guys are hitting big sections, yeah. eh? That big and, and landing. Yeah, the big floaty reverse that dub doesn't oh, doesn't yeah. land, just that lands pipe. off the back. Yeah, oh. that was ridiculous, eh? But then the last is the last way he does that back door, and he does a big air rev. Yeah. He makes that, doesn't he? Was that hub, the big back door air rev? I think it was hub. I think it was hub. But when I was at Pipe, that you'd just see hub every wave. Yeah, hit those back door ones, so huge. And that's that's shallow. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so shallow, and that those sections are heavy. He makes and it thick. look so easy. Hey, wasn't that he? One podcast he was saying they're the ones he used to look for closeouts. Like the backdoor closeouts because no one else would want them. And to him, it was just like happy days. He's this massive ramp for me to, to fly off. And that was his secret to, to getting waves because he, no one else would look at him. Like the surfers would look at him and go, well, that's just a closeout. You know, close and the other boogers would go, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to hit an eight foot ramp over the top of half a foot of water. Yeah. So that and was like, it's not like it's like, you know, little kanji reef like here it's so hard and rocky volcanic yeah shred you to pieces uh, do you boys watch the little new uh, stealth vid with Davis and George that was pretty sick. A few, few sick wedges. It looks like they've been scoring. It was um, interesting to see them actually, well, not them, but anybody in Western Australia go left. The left-hand wedges, like you kind of don't really think of any, I can't, off the top of my head, I assume I associate Western Australia with right-handers. There's heaps of beaches and stuff. Yeah, but it's just that left wedge was kind of... Yeah, it's just looked like, like boxy. It flicked my head like I was a bit it like... heaps like boxy. Yeah. Just but with the big boulders in the background. I don't know if it's the wave, but when I was there, 
Um, there's like a sick left wedge at one end of the beach and then you can go down the other end of the beach and there's another sick like right wedge. Oh, really? So Orby can, or just walking? Yeah. Orby? It was pretty deep. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you just everywhere there is just like a Forby. You just, it's hard to get to and there's no one there. Yeah. It was so and then deep. the water's like. Gnarly, amazing blue. Yeah. It was yeah. full crystal clear blue water. I think we only got it two foot, but no one around just having the best time. I don't know if it was that wave because it kind of looked pretty busy in some of the pulled back shots. Yeah. Yeah. yeah did, like, did you know, it looked like there was, which is cool, but it looked like, you know, there was about another 10, 20 boogers on it. Yeah. Um, Probably so, a bit fickle or something or. Like those or... boys, you know, they're ripping and. Yeah, Louis, it was Louis was ripping as well, and you know it's not like their full time job anymore. They're all doing other well, work, and they can't leave Western Australia. Yeah, they're stuck there. That's true. Gowan's Iron Curtain, it's up. So they'd have to film locally. I wonder if it was. You have to check the timeline of when it was filmed. If it was filmed over close to Chrissy holidays, then and COVID, I suppose everyone's just been in the water, haven't they? Like Mate, life's normal there. They've, they've only just had the masters come in there the other day. Yeah. Down south anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, the clip um, looks sick. Like, super fun. They were having fun. It's it's, inter- it's kind of a, well, I suppose they're team riders, but you, you know, you had the three amigos, but now it's kind of seems to be the two amigos on stealth and Louis kind of branched away a little bit I'm, in terms of you don't associate all three now. It's kind of like... Bit of a two-one split. I feel Louis a bit of a, like a bit step above those guys. A level above. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's my opinion. Like I just, I yeah, don't know. Like he's pretty incredible, man. That's valid. He's the he's the great Aussie hope if when World Tour ever happens again. Really, he'd be the only one you could see it matching with. Yeah. Oh. Pierre Tanner, Omari. Yeah, man. He's ripping. Those other guys are ripping too, but he's. He's next level. All right, so next thing on our agenda uh, from everybody's favourite female bodybuilder on the North Shore, Clam Dragger. Okay, Instagram post has just come up. She said, there will be a 2022 Pipeline Women's Bodyboard event happening between February the 24th and March the 4th. I've been tasked with creating a list of women who would like to participate. The contest has a possibility of cancellation, but I'll find out within the next few days if it is a sure thing. One of the reasons they might cancel it is because they don't think they can find enough women participants. That is why I need your help. Please share to anybody possibly interested in competing and DM me to add your name to the list of women and I will keep you in the loop as we progress. We already have the permits secured, so we just need to prove that there's enough women interested. Oh, fuck right, OJR Tolkien. And I know that you are out there. Hey, I'm just reading the post. So, Clam Dragger. So, what's her actual name? Her name is, I should know. So, that's that's her self proclaimed Insta handle. It's just, well, yeah, that's what she goes by on a. Fuck, that's wild. Love it. Good on her. It's pretty classic. Tracy. Tracy, I apologise. I forgot. I've seen her. I've name. seen like I've looked at her page. Like she's ripping. Tracy she's getting F- some Effinger. She's getting something some, similar. She's getting some good pipe waves. Yeah. So women's pipe contest. That'd be sick. 
potentially happening. No word yet on the men's. So so that's a 10-day window. Yep. Wow. Yeah, right. Which you would think. So it's got to be part of Stuart's thing, right? Uh, not sure. As, as it, go down a little bit. It's Hawaiian bodyboarding. Uh, isn't isn't like isn't it really hard to get a license? To, that's, like yeah. That's, so it's got to be part of Stuart's. It's just got to be a women's division in Stuart, well, surely. A question here from Hawaiian bodyboarding, which is Sam Brown, um, Sammy Morantino's old man. This is being run in conjunction with the Mike Stewart Pipeline Invitational, right? And Tracy's answered, I'm not sure about that. Oh. So I wonder who, Tracy, DM us, let us know who has tasked you with finding enough names. Because like we said, like you were saying, it used to be super tough to get a permit to run a contest at Pipe. That was why. Maybe they're looking at opening up to, you know, a bit more equity for the women. Like, you know, giving if they're going to give all these men's events, you know, WSL, Dahui, like as in terms of city council, oh, yeah, like yeah. opportunity for Lulu. women to because she see, she's she put in, she tried to enter, so I mean, so like she's entered the big wave, Red Bull big wave riding, yeah, that's thing right. and got knocked yeah. back because she was yeah. on a bot burger. Yeah. I was like, good on you for having a crack, mm. yeah, cool, which, um. Oh, that's a question. We'll dig into that. I've got to read a question on that. But um read a, listen to a question on that. We'll dig into it later. She yeah, it's awesome that she's doing it. And I'd love to see the chicks over there. Because I'll tell you what, I reckon there'll be some surprises. You'll be going. It's just interesting fuck. that it's that it says she's been tasked with finding women participants, but they'd be doesn't... Well, I suppose short note like it's pretty short notice to get your shit together and get over there, especially in the current climate. But, yeah, but it just it's unclear as to who's organising the event. Like I'd like to know. Yeah. Anyway, we don't know. But look, who do you want to see ripping out pipe? I want to see Lily Pollard ripping out pipe. Yeah. Dead I wife. didn't mention it before, but how we were talking about the pride best of yeah. Yeah. like Isabel. Isabella. She oh, was man. ripping. Yeah. She'd have to be favourite, would she not? So good. Oh, but like we're talking about. You know, if they got a ten day window, we're talking about like possibility of some big, big, big pipe. pipe. Like you know, there might be some big names in the mix. Well, Lily, yeah, you'd have to throw. Man, come on, she'd be Isabella. She's a charger. Isabella. Who else? Who else? Um, Ayaka Suzuki. She was the one that yeah made it the furthest in the last pipe mixed pipe contest. I'm pretty sure she was the overall winner there. Big She's roles. a big roles. Lives there now. Um, she puts out a lot of like grovelly clips, though. Hey, yeah, well, I suppose, I suppose it's Japan, <laughs> WA, in Indo. Sorry, what? What do you mean? Like, as in Japan's like small all the time. No, man. but she lives in Hawaii. Does she? Yeah, she's married to Mac Really. Oh, who's Hawaiian? My apologies, I didn't know that. So maybe I don't know. That's maybe it's, actually, I think those small clips are—they look a bit too tropical for Japan. I just assume Japan because she's Japanese. Sorry. No, they've got um, they've got their own YouTube channel. She, is she Japanese? Yeah, <laughs> they've got their own YouTube channel. It's called. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, that's good. Well informed. 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 Well informed again. Hang on, I'll search it up. Keep no, just talk amongst yourselves for a minute. Yeah, she'd be sick. she'll be sick out pipe. Yeah, Crothan. Who else? Bethany Hamilton. One armed. Get her yeah, out on the She's doing air forwards at Waco. 
yeah. get her. She just to who she was born in some bombs. Mandy Zirin make a comeback. No, nah, I think she's got a group back. Oh yeah. She just she, takes photos. Yeah, just photography now. She's I reckon there'd be some, you know, there'd be a fair few crew that live over there that would yeah, there'd be, be keen like to I'm get amongst so, it. And, yeah. I'm, you know. I don't know. I'm until which is pretty shitty. I don't really know. Wonder Boogie. There we go. Wonder Boogie is there. Okay. YouTube channel. Lots of um That was worth it, man. That lots, of, <laughs> lots of lots of first person GoPro footage if that's your oh. that's your thing. Yeah. Yeah, cool. <laughs> POV footage uh well but i don't know that's pretty cool because the wsl they're just the big talk now is that the women are going to surf the pipe contest yeah they are and there's, there's they already have they did last year uh yeah only the finals what i mean the semis and the finals the running oh, was, yeah, it, yeah. was it honolulu bay yeah, yeah. but so the talk is you know like they're getting all excited that the women are going to have to surf pipe like this is pretty cool that the bodyboarders yeah, are yeah just once again leading the way where it's, it's not just it's a whole contest out there. Yep. Hopefully there's some sponsors behind the event too and they're getting a bit of cash and let's see it. But to go back, like the very first women's world champion was at Pipeline. Yeah. 1990. Cool. Amber local Steph Peterson. Yeah, so the big controversy in the women's women's bodyboarding, and I was tipped off by Pierre about this, is apparently so Steph Pedersen is the official first world champ 1990 at Pipeline, but Glenda Kozlowski won a contest in 1987 against all, it was like the first all women's contest at Sandy Beach. And so she won that contest. And then when she got back to Brazil, pre-internet and everything she told all the brazilian press that she was the world champion because she'd beaten all the other female bodyboarders so she kind of self-proclaimed herself as the first women's world champion and the brazilian press ran with it like proclaiming her you know champion of all women bodyboarders yeah right so that's the kind of a still apparently with the girls that the girls of that generation it's a little bit of a sore point that that she went and Went and claimed the world title when kind of an official, unofficial, well, self-proclaimed world champion. Like it wasn't a, um, it wasn't an official world championship. Yeah, but she said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm it." But it was the only comp in the world at the moment at the time. It was the first all-female contest, so she won their first all-female contest at Pipe. No, at Sandy Beach. Yeah, so, and, and there was no other comps in the world. Not that I'm aware of. Was was Steph a part of that 19? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. The, so the first one she was a part of as well, but then she's said that she's won it in the 1990. Well, officially, yeah, she won that 1991 as the first official female champ. No. Yeah, right. But Controversy. I'm, I'm okay with it. Here's a little bit of trivia for you. Glenda Koslowski is the most, fam- most, most insta-famous or most followed person associated with bodyboarding how many followers do you think she's got 876k <laughs> yep 876,000 followers. oh I guessed it wow what, are, for guessing what are the odds you've done your research because <laughs> she's a brazilian sports presenter now so she's that's the um that's her claim to fame so she's done well yeah cool post one Done well post not winning a world championship. And, and the next, championship. the next world champ has done really well too, eh? 
Seth uh, Payson. She just she runs like a health boot camp here in Yamba. Spreading yep, with your wild COVID and conspiracy theories. <laughs> <laughs> She's off the planet. Uh, health associated, yeah. Um, but don't forget to enter this code and you can get some discounted vitamins off her. <laughs> You're going to get me sued. Do again. I roast too hard? Yeah, well, she yeah. literally lives down the road. <laughs> you might get a um, coconut water through the window. <laughs> <laughs> coconut. The funniest thing you've ever said. <laughs> I don't know. What, what would a, an avocado? Too expensive. Don't want to waste them. Uh, all right. So let's How go. sued is Infoam going to get? It's going to be my fault, but it's not my, my name. So. I'll just pass the bill straight. All, good. all right. So talking to competition, nothing yet on the men's to be confirmed. I'm still hearing rumours it's a two-week window in the February around that time. So probably association, but... This week, Nath, your favourite person in the world right now, Kelly Slater posted up a, a picture of him himself with a guy. Someone must ask him when he first started surfing. He said at eight years old, he started riding a bodyboard. So for the first year. Wasn't it nine? No, I think he said eight, he was riding a berg and he started surfing at nine. Yeah, okay. So we converted to a surfboard. Yeah. But I'm going to posit in a sliding doors moment, what if Kelly never took up surfing and remained a bodyboarder? Could the bodyboard universe have sustained the competitive ego of Mike Stewart, Guilherme Tamega and Kelly Slater all within that window. Could you imagine the battles that would have went down then with those three I reckon it would have been so good because I don't reckon he would have been that good in a bodyboard and we wouldn't have Kelly Slater in the world. White, like greenwashing bullshit trying <laughs> to sell you a, a $300 fucking jumper. Meanwhile, he's just like pumping out so much fucking carbon his carbon footprint is like the biggest in the world for an individual person yet oh my god try my fucking eco fins my eco clothes yeah. greenwash bullshit i don't know i'm i'm jury out on him i, I reckon he gets needs kudos for kudos kudos for having a go at doing it and him bodyboarding and in the early days would have helped him with that one way have you got it pipe where he it's kind of Getting oh, yeah. tubed as and falls off and then rides it like a bodyboard for Prides a yeah. split second, you know. I feel like that's that helped him stand back up, get yeah, that yeah. 10. and He, he probably did really good because he's a freak. Like he's a freak and he's like super, super competitive and he's like he fucks with people's minds. and Yeah. So that, that leads us into how important do you think? But he's been driven into that too, you know what I mean? Like by... <laughs> Other competitors and stuff. No, no, no. I'm like, you know, you get pushed into that, don't you, when you want to be the best. It'd be an interesting... You want, um, the, you want the advantage. I don't know. Like, it might, maybe Stuart would have become... like he, he He's hyper-competitive, I'm sure, but might have stepped it up again. And who knows? Like, uh, well, he stepped it up enough when Tomega came on the scene. He, didn't, he did oh, not want to lose to Tomega. No, he didn't. Sick. Like, I don't know. More rivalries are better. Like, that's it makes it interesting. You need a bad guy. Apparently, the, um, the very first world tour... Not to say Tamega is a bad guy, but that's what that's what they generally do, don't they? He was, yeah, he was the Yang to Stuart. Yeah, Yang. yeah, like, um, yeah, it's cool, it's cool. But the it's very sick. the very first GOB tour in '96 or '97, I think it was '96. Apparently, Pipe was the last comp, and Mattel, I think, owned more at that point. They upped the amount of prize money 
to the event, which apparently increased the points in an effort to get Stuart oh, over the line. Oh, to be a world champ. Yeah. And so it was, to me, it was going to be the first World Tour Contest winner. Really? And that all happened because it's worth Mattel investing that money in order yeah. to claim that their rider is world champ. The world champ. And but GT still pulled it off. Who told you that little nugget? Oh, I don't know. That's buried somewhere. Fuck in off. There. Tell us who told you. I don't who's know. your source? I honestly, can't. Who's my source? Riptide issue number. Oh, it's from a Rippy, you reckon? Yeah, it's a, it's a. That's it's, cool. It's a reported something something. So Mattel were greasing the books in order to try and get Stuart over the line. Which yeah, marketing? If you if you look right. at it, Stuart never won a World Tour Championship. What? Never won. Never won. Never became world champion by winning the world tour. So he what? won it by winning just the individual the pipe, pipe comps, which yep. was just the one yep. one off comp. He never actually won a world tour. You mean he never won an event outside of pipe? Bullshit. No, no, no. He never. He was never tour champion to become world champion. Oh, he won. Yeah. He won his world titles at the pipe contest. Yeah. But when the tour kicked in, he never won a world tour, which is we are. But not to you know because the PSSA that we've talked about, the American National Tour, was a default world tour then, and he basically won every contest in that. But there's just another little tribute of hey, tri- the guy's like fifty something and nearly winning comps. Like, yeah, no, I'm not discounting. I'm just saying he never actually got over the line in a world tour as a world. Does tour he listen champion. to this? Hey. Does he listen to this? I don't, well, I don't assume so. He's a busy man. You send him an email and you get a response three weeks later sometimes. Mike, if you're listening, send us some send me a DM to confirm or deny, but um He does. He does. Um I'll put it out there. He travels a fair bit. Like that's, that's, chuck me in the head, download it and put it on the flight, Mike. That's my that's my information. Send us a board. I might be wrong. Someone correct me. Can you make me a round nose drop me board, please? <laughs> what a science one. Yeah. There's so many great writers that never got a world title though, did they? Oh, yeah. Well, look at Rawlins and Hardy. Like it. Yeah. The pressure basically, well, I shouldn't say cracked Hardy, but it contributed towards his, you know, his mental illness battles because he was so intent on, so focused and so finally just attuned his whole life to bodyboarding, to doing it, to winning a world title. And the pressure never really got there. But so that's my question is how. How important is being competitive in terms of success in competition? Oh, you mean just purely skill, or as in like you can be really talented, but yeah, if you don't, if you don't have that desire to walk over the bodies of everyone else, no, you got to have a bit of that mongrel in you. Yeah, hundred percent. It just steps you up. Yeah, because I mate, I've I've certainly beaten a lot of guys better than me because I'll just get the mongrel. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You just you did not just being want a prick. To lose. You yeah. just don't want to lose. Yeah. Some and then, people are mad. And then that's concert. those guys are next level with that shit. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Well I remember and you can be and I sometimes like really talented guys are a bit standoffish and just want to kind of cruise and let their serpent tell the story, but it's not going to work in a, you know, in a pipe comp, well, there's most of the time. An interview with Player when he won his, I think maybe the second one. He just said he had to, he had to just view everybody as his enemy. Yeah, 
you know, in order to win the world title, which would be a horrible way to go about your life. But enemy for that day. Yeah. In that heat. Yeah. You let bygones. They switched it off, man. They were pretty, uh, you know, guys were tight. Yeah. But yeah, so it's, you know. You had your enemies and you had your feuds, but like, surely they're tight. They're tight. Yeah. But just, I don't know, is the. Is the success worth that stress and that? Yeah, well, you're not going to get the sex. The sex. sex this, you're not going to get the success without it. You get the sex or the success without that. Without that drive. Well, not necessarily. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you gotta want it. You gotta want it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Know, what do you think? What? Right? Have you got a? Has either you two got a different perspective on that? No. Well, let's see. I'm just. I'm sitting Convince here. I'm rattling my brain through who's won a world title, who wasn't. Yeah, it's just cruising. Outwardly competitive. Like nobody really reached the top just by pure talent alone. Really? Yeah, so that mongrel. So we can probably say that Slater would have made some sort of impact on the bodyboard world if he had a state of burger. Sure. But, yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting hypothetical that – GT would have just overpowered everybody with his, you know, he's just, just a freight train. Stuart's the tactician and I suppose Slater's in that same sort of Stuart mould where he's more analytical and kind of psychological. It would have been a would have been a pretty amazing three-way rivalry to go that way. So what, what, who, who is the next great rivalry? It doesn't, I don't know. It's, it's, so we're talking like that. So if the world tour goes... The world tour goes ahead now. What's a what's a how can let's create a rivalry? Yeah, well, like we're saying, I th- I think it'd be Tanner versus um, PLC. Uh, I was going to say Louis. Nah, you don't think? I think one's a lot better than the other. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh yeah. I suppose you'd have to say Tanner and Pierre, but that'd just be. I don't know on that one. Yeah, create it. Tough question. I've started it. You've started Your it. enemies, boys. Your enemies. <laughs> what to death? Well, if we ever get a pipe contest, we may get to see that happen. Although, don't know. The you vac- want to see it? Like you want it? it, it when, like it? Yeah. The sport needs things like that in order yeah. to drive it. Like I want drive to see the, an underdog story. I want to see like drive the interest. how someone broke their leg. Or well, like you want to see the Louis story. He's come. He's fought back, and now he's here. And he's yeah. Now he's in the semi. Yeah. You know, like tell me a story. Which. To get on our high horse, this is that's why I think media is so important because nobody tells those stories. Like yep. it's it's not the role of the surf media does it reasonably well, is digging in and finding those stories and you know and creating a narrative that people engage with. And I think that's why that's why I want more websites, more podcasts, more perspectives to create. You know to to you know, drive this idea that gets people interested. Yeah. Yeah. And you get to know the people that you're rooting for or you're watching as well. You get to know way more about them and get to learn about them, which gets you vested in their result or how they're going. But yeah. I don't know. We blow smoke up Tanner's ass every, every podcast, but. Oh, I want to see him take, like, I want to see PLC, like, I can't get dirty and take him down. Why not? Like, that's what I mean. Like, I want to see guys. Trying to kill each other. Well, MRE would be pretty. Um, That's what I mean. Like, he'd the, be intense. Yeah, I want to see those guys like he wouldn't back down. Go at each other hard because, like, then the Kazan, 
things they go bigger, they go gnarlier, they hit in bigger sections. Like it's just yeah. all it does is Tristan Roberts. We've got to throw him in there. He always seemed to slip some mind for some reason, but he's like, yeah, he's next level. He'd be the one, the one step under Pierre. Pierre'd be clearly the best guy in the yeah, world. Yeah, and Tristan and Tanner. Well, Tristan and Tanner. There's a there's a rivalry. Jerry's pretty good though. Yeah, true. He is a good player too. Like I feel like we forget about him a lot. He's a bit of a dark horse. There is an upcoming announcement. What about, what about can we get Hub versus Dub? Can we start a rivalry there? I think they've done it a few times, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. But like, I want I'm like pretty a sure they hate field in that rivalry. Up in 2012 <laughs> comp, I'm pretty sure they like four man heats. They had to verse each other in the in the semis when I was cooking. I really? think Hub Hub got it. Yeah, got, got it on him because then he went through and won the final. But like. Everyone was ripping that day. You know, there was it was so good, best conditions, and for everyone to be surfing that well, you just didn't know who was going to win because mm. the waves were honestly that good. Everyone was getting so barreled and getting like a sick air flip spin, and I'm just going every wave's a ten. Yeah, how do it was you, amazing. How do you differentiate? Yeah, flip. amazing waves. Yeah. Um, we had, with the rivalry, I remember how Tomega and Rawlins maybe in a Mexico comp or something like that where they both were paddling for the same wave and they both just wanted it so bad and I think they were still even fighting kind of on the wave and they ended up <laughs> just bus driving straight, kind of blowing up at each other. <laughs> both, trying, I, both trying to get the interference. Yeah, I think, and they both got the interference. So then it was only one wave counted as a score. So whoever got the best one wave oh, got, really? that, got the leg up. That was a... Uh... And I think Tomega got the leg up. I could be wrong, but Rawlins really put it to him. Yeah, didn't back because, down. Yeah, you would, you know, anyone else maybe might he's have... The, he's the top dog. Yeah, Tomega went for it and Rawlins goes, nah, fuck this. I'm still going to, I'm going to burn you. And yep. it was hustle, hustle, hustle till the wave had broke and they had to bus drive it. So what, both, both just jammed each other so they just come straight. Yeah, just but went love straight that and were kind of blowing up at each other and yeah, full interference. Awesome. Yeah, I have to dig that one up somewhere. Yeah, put that on the infamed Insta. Yeah, find, find it. it. Yeah. Well, I did a the last. I think it's the last team's challenge at Port Macquarie. It was Johnny and Kingy were in that same scenario. <laughs> they come, they came in, and they were, Johnny. I think wanted to go left, and Kingy wanted to go right, and they just jammed each other and went. I interviewed both of those guys about it, so I'll have to see if we can dig up the the footage of Rawlins and yeah, good comparison. GT. <laughs> Yeah, uh, team's challenge and a world tour of it. One's well, one's a three-time world champion. Johnny's uh Johnny's the probably the most. Would you say the most successful Australian domestic rider? Yeah, that yeah. man. The, the man does not lose a contest. No, very rarely loses a contest. No, he's got the format down. Right, so lid game's been one and, or I shouldn't say one and run, run and one. So Chris White, Glenn Pollocker, who I believe are working together from, I don't know, the get-go, but I know they were working together for a fair fair chunk of the contest. Ended up winning. Um, Jeff Hub was also in the group. They all got the final question right, which was the question about um, who'd lost 
who was knocked out of a pipe contest but then still won the world championship the next day in the pipe contest, which was Daniel Kaimi. We talked about that last podcast. Uh, but then I threw the the tiebreaker question to him, which was in so what – See if me and Reese can answer it. Well, I don't think Reese would be able to answer it because it's buried. It's an old riptide question. So Kingy and Michael Crawley once shared a joint interview. What was unique about their attire that was in the photographs that accompanied the article? What they were wearing. What they were wearing. So how are they dressed that was that was that was unique that would have been memorable? Were they naked? They weren't naked, no. Hub's answer was they were wearing pajamas, which was wrong. Nothing. Uh, it, like once you say it, I'm sure I'm like, oh yeah. So one was dressed in a rabbit costume and one was dressed in a chicken costume. Uh, okay. That was the that was the tiebreaker question. Then uh, Hub tripped on that one, I believe, or Glenn Pollocker, I think, went straight to Rick Bannister, who was the editor at that point, and even. Oh me. fuck! So they got some connections. Yeah, that's the. So that's the thing. What is so, fucking Rick Bannister doing these days? Still got red hair, like dyed his hair red. <laughs> Remember how he used to have that gnarly, yes. like red hair? Like, yeah. punk rock. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, he's in Byron Bay somewhere. He's around the Byron area. Really? Yeah. So, so not bodyboarding because there's no Bergen waves there. Uh, I don't know. It works close to, close well, Winnie, and to Winnie and Rion and those Rion. guys because he, stitched, they, he got stitched up by him in another question that said, who wrote Stuart's first profile piece? In Riptide, which was Derek Riley, who now runs Beach Grid. Yeah. Um, and Bano told them it was oh, the guy that used to be Epo's manager that runs, that ran Surfline. Uh, not Surfline. Oh, the guy who, Surf uh, who, Mike Perry. who runs, who owns Old El Paso. No, 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 no. It was Mike Perry who was a. Uh, um, so they got stitched up by Bano. The boys, oh, okay. Winnie and Rion, went out on that one on his advice. Sweet. But yeah, so it seems to be the way that these the people that went through it's just connections, like yeah, um, the it's messaging everyone. The the Daniel Kaimi contest, Pierre saved Chris apparently, like Chris hit up Whitey, and in, to take it full circle, PLC. Only, uh, I think he might have even tipped me off to that when I wrote an article on it. So I actually self-referenced myself for. The answer to that question to get, to wind it all the way around, which I don't know if that's legal in terms of finding an answer, but those boys got information, yeah, from what I wrote. So, so the boys just splitting the coin, hey? Yeah, going into going into Bitcoin apparently, or not Bitcoin, but crypto of some kind. Throwing it in there, yeah. So maybe we'll get a cut of that when it comes through. The lid game is going to run again later on in the year. Hopefully, we can get a few more people on board. We got 500 bucks this time. We had 50-odd competitors. I think if we could get a couple of good. thousand, it would be pretty amazing. Yeah, that's huge. Hey? And this is going to be the same, guys, Like with connections like that. Maybe. Because who, like, I'm not going to go in if I know there's dudes who have got connections like, that are talking to, like, Stuart and Bano and, like, like yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But so Glenn Pollocare, who won, who yep. also is the mayor. Oh, of, he's going to run it. That's right. He's the mayor of Vintage Bodyboard Crew. He's put his hand up to become the game master. Yeah. So hopefully he can encourage, encourage the VBC mob to get involved in this 33,000 members there. Yeah. 
And I suppose if you got if he's running it, are you allowed to go in it then? No, nah, because I feel well. like you would have you're pretty yeah, knowledgeable you're pretty and good. you'd yeah. go pretty well. No, nah, no, nah. it's just I want to hand that off because I've got too many things happening at this point that I want to. Plus, mate, he you need to he's a guru. You, he knows like, some stuff. If you do it too, and he's going to access that many people, like yeah, yeah, all right, it's ten bucks a go, <laughs> but keep a few bucks for infomed. Well, yeah, that's this one. It was I can't even remember what it was. Five bucks buying or ten dollars buying, and I kept a dollar. Oh, okay. Which I didn't know that. What, which um, what'd you do with that dollar? Not much because PayPal stitched me up and conversion rates and all that kind of yeah. stuff that I didn't factor in first go and around. PayPal take a cut. Yeah, we probably actually lost money on it, but sweet. That's how we roll in bodyboarding. <laughs> with the yeah, with the two winners, you should just keep them out and run a few lead games and. Um, you know, whoever wins the next few, then right at the end, just have a battle royale, yeah, 10 best. Yeah, yeah, well, that's the best of the lead games champions or something. That's a good idea. Yeah. World, champ- world champion at the end of the year, I think. Yeah. And well, there's, you know, no working together and there's just going to be one full winner. I wonder yeah. if, I yeah. wonder if there'd be a way to like, like live stream it, like a live quiz contest. You do them like Zoom or something like that? Buzz in, that kind of stuff. Yeah, full buzz in, not DM and anyone cheating and shit yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, not cheating, you know, but yeah, yeah. Google getting, getting the like leg up. Yeah. We can we can figure it out. Straight up knowledge from the That's rain. Good, yeah, sick idea though. World Championship. So we'll run, I don't know, maybe we go the top 10 guys that got through this time. We'll take the top 10 from this one and the top 10 from the next one and have 20 guys for a, for a World Championship lead game. Sounds good. Next topic. Next topic. All right, we'll go to. We're going to do some questions. Oh yeah, there's 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 <laughs> pretty gnarly stuff. questions coming through. Yeah. All right, so we're going to go listen to questions. First one comes from MC Wales, which is Alex Clark. So MC Wales, I'm assuming he's probably from. Just just read the question over in the. <laughs> the oh, I like to acknowledge where people are from and look at these kind of things. Uh, he's over from Wales. So his question is, do you guys think it's lame that people can't go surfing without point of view filming it? The footage is a bit samesy and the land shops, the land shots look whack like people have dummies in their mouths. So GoPros, do they suck? Unless you're surfing um, Skeleton Point. Skeleton. Skeleton Bay. Skeleton Bay. Skeleton Point. Like it's a point. <laughs> it's a new sport. I don't want to say it. Like, <laughs> I, don't want, I don't need to say it. I'm, I'm on board with this dude. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty shit, especially when there's like a three-minute clip of just GoPro, 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 and it's the same angle and the same wave. Yep, agreed. And no matter how big the wave is or how small it is or how deep you get, it kind of just... Looks pretty shit, hey. Yeah, looks the same. Like I don't mind in a in a sick edit where you you know there's um good land footage and other water footage, and then maybe chuck one or two good yeah. GoPro waves yeah, in tied it. Tied in, tied in, tied in, but not just yeah three minutes of the same wave. Have you watched? Through, have you made it through three minutes of POV shooting? No, nah, definitely I don't not. Think I have. It's no. like it's like that and slow mo. I'm just fast forwarding. I don't want yeah. to. Know, I don't want to know anything with slow mo. Plus, like, man, you see dudes out here, like, and they just got them hanging off bits and on poles, and 
Yeah, Gold Coast is pretty notorious. There's a fair, oh. there's a fair, um, fair whack of lads that can't go surfing up there without a, yeah. without a pole or a mount or a, a mouthpiece. To and get. you, and you, not that good, not ripping. <laughs> or they upload. They go on. I've seen a few gold like snapper ones. I'm like, what's this? You, you're tripping. Yeah. And yeah. it's even worse and when it's, it's just it's, a close out yeah. too. Oh, yeah. A close out. Yeah. You're like, what? But also like and then you half the shots usually like spray and yeah. Like droplets water and droplets and like yeah, like cool get you get to you know, you could get a framey and you know, it's cool to put up like yeah, if you're just doing it for your little insta story, just do maybe one. I don't want to see a three minute clip of it. You don't, you don't want to see an entire profile of I'm of, feeling of, this dude. Of just, I like um, him. I'd be better off if just your mate filmed you with the GoPro pulling in and you just swap oh, over yeah, and just yeah. film each other. Yeah. Instead of, yeah. Yeah, or we'll go behind him. Go like, yeah. Get him to drop in on you and then you get a bit, a bit of a different perspective. Um, yeah. Well, so what are we up to? What's a, a GoPro what? Ten. Nine? How deep ten. are they? Ten. Nine or ten? Ten was... Is is the oh, footage gee. that you see from a GoPro ten vastly different from what you saw from GoPro version one? I don't know. I'll get my GoPro one out of the cupboard. This is one I'm running. <laughs> that I that I like scammed from work ten years ago. It doesn't. It doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't Filthy. seem to be any. I think it's a lot clearer. Maybe the clarity. Like the, they got like you know it doesn't shake anymore and stuff. Yeah, but like you see footage from Jaws and it looks like a three foot peachy because of the fisheye. Yeah, like it just doesn't. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't translate that perspective. Oh, I, I tell you what, I don't. It's like, it's like anything, mate. I want to see Reese's photo of it. I don't want to see some dude with a GoPro's photo of it or video of it. Do you know what I mean? I want to see the professionals doing it. Yeah, because they capture it. They've got an eye for it. They know what they're doing. They're using way better equipment. Leave it to the professionals. So only, only, but even I don't know. Like I'm. Ian Campbell does a lot of point of view kind of stuff with GoPros, and I don't watch that because I just don't want to see GoPros. Like it's yeah, it just doesn't translate. The experience of what you experience with that GoPro doesn't translate to it does not what you're seeing. Um, although the guys behind GoPro are boogers, yeah, yeah, pretty sure. I remember an old Riptide mag. The very first version of it was a wrist camera, like a disposable wrist camera that you'd wind the film. Do they still own it? Oh, I don't know. Fire out, be worth some money. Yeah, well, let's see. Anyway, but next although, question. Uh, well, this ties into the point. Of, so the, probably the most famous person bodyboarder in terms of footage on YouTube would be old Willie Pov, Willie POV, who's made a fair chunk of money of just him surfing very ordinary waves. All right, so question is, could pro and aspiring boogers create YouTube content to create income for the future of the sport? So it's essentially saying the guys like Carl Rothman, um, what's John John's brother, Nathan Florence, those guys that do vlogs and blogs, Jamie O'Brien, is there the market there for bodyboarders to do the same? Well, yeah. Imagine like a like Chris White style kind of, you know, that's because you need creativity behind as well. Like, yeah, JOB's doing it because he's doing some gnarly shit with it. It's funny. He's running, you know, 10 minute clip of funny stuff as well. Well, you know, it's all intertwined. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't know who you're talking about with this Willie dude. I, I'm pretty happy that I don't know what it is. <laughs> you had a little loop with him. But I don't know. Like, I, 
I reckon it'd be interesting. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if it's the future, but it'd be cool to have some, like some good guys doing it. Do they not really do it? Well, it's it's just it's GoPro footage and it's no, you know, we just said we don't want to watch three minutes of GoPro footage, so Yeah, but like Nobody seems to be does doing Hub and all those guys have a YouTube channel? No. Pride's got a YouTube channel. Yeah, but they're not running they're not doing vlogs and they're not doing I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Like think in terms of personalities. Yeah. It's I don't know. I'm sure there are bodyboarders out there that well have that type of personality, but yeah. So there's a market there if someone's Well who you, who so Reese, who are you filming? Whose vlog are you filming? Whose vlog are you creating? If I could pick any pro bodyboarder. Yeah. Um who's the most interesting? Doesn't have to be pro because it's the thing, it doesn't have to be oh, pro. I'd, if I could just film and it'd be worth it and do it all, I reckon doing one of Winnie. Oh yeah. That'd be cool. You know, his business that he runs now or all his surf stories. Mm. Looks like he's got a great family. Mm. Like it'd be pretty, pretty cool. Yep. Little story. It'd I just reckon. be him driving driving his kids to places, wouldn't it? How many yeah, kids has he got? Six kids, kids or yeah. four kids or yeah. something ridiculous. But just that'd be pretty cool. And on his health regime, because he's he's into some funky stuff. Drinks um, horse blood or something, doesn't he? He what? Drinks horse blood or something, doesn't he? <laughs> he's on some whack fucking. What? Well, he lives in Mullum. It's yeah. it's yeah, kind he's of on um, some wild shit. <laughs> it's a, a prerequisite to live yeah. in Mullum if you have to be uh, quite alternative. Okay, it leads us into the next question, which is from Luke Playden, who did our infoam T-shirts haunted. Haunted clothing, he could not get a better guy to work with. Didn't even, wasn't even really concerned about getting money off us before he um, wanted the shirts. Posted out half the shirts for me. So, legend, if you want Free stuff. shirts. If you want stuff done, hit up Haunted Official Clothing. Yeah, they're sick shirts, man. It's all Haunted Clothing. I shouldn't call it Haunted Official. That's his Insta thing. But his question is, does NMD and Verse need new rider models? Just Ben Player and Dave Winchester models is getting boring. Uh, who runs that company? Because are they the same? Yeah, they well, it's under Action Distribution, which yeah. is so they import. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, they're, they're all from they're Mez, the distributors yeah, for Mez. Yep. So. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yep. They do, do they do they need new riders? Yeah, but who like who who's going to bring out a signature model? And is there enough dudes to support that signature model? Yeah, look for sure. Didn't Dallas have an NMD signature model? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and wasn't there the guy over in the States, that Cray guy? who uh, Craig Wetter rides for him. He rides for him, doesn't have I don't think board. he's got a model. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to go into details about Dow, but I know a bit of inside info about it. Well, spill it. It was a popular board, like sold, but they're just not willing to put up the cash that he wanted. Uh, okay. So not a second run. Hmm? Not a second run of boards. No, they, no, he's riding for science now. Yeah, yeah, I know. But when they did them, they didn't. Yeah, well, they said like they, they sold out real quick, and then they're like, "All right, we'll do it again." But like Dale's like, "Well, I don't want want this," and they said no. They wouldn't wouldn't pony up the cash. All right. Oh, yeah, I think I'm pretty sure, 100. percent But something around those because the guys who run that show are pretty good, and they're trying to just make a living as well. Good dudes. Yep. Yeah.
next question comes from Zaddy91, who is Josh Zadro. Josh says, what's the next innovation in bodyboard construction slash style? So I don't know if he's talking about two separate things there. So we just talk about bodyboard construction. What's the... Style would be, does he mean like the shape of it? And Yeah, okay. We'll, we'll read it as that then. So so what do, what do future bodyboards look like? Well, I think if it's traveling, same as the surf industry and same as every other industry, it has something to do with um, sustainability, something a bit more sustainable and a bit more environmentally friendly, like the corkboard guy, like yep. what he's doing over in NZ. Um, yeah, so it's... it's, it's got Well, that, that's like the market is going to be telling you that. I think because people that's what people are looking for and resource pressures like peak oil was 100%. allegedly peak oil was in the 1970s we've yep. been running out of oil ever since although they've found new and new ways to keep extracting it but at some point we are going to run out of those long 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 dead microorganisms yeah that turned into oil so bodyboards being petroleum based offshoots we're going to have to come up with something new to to build them out of so Keep doing what you're doing, Mr. Corkboards from New Zealand. What do you uh, want to see a bodyboard made out of? Well, it's got to fulfill all the criteria, though. It's got to be, it's still got to be flexible. What do you want to see a bodyboard made out of, Reese? You're, you're, you're on the environmental way. What are we going like? Bamboo bodyboards. Yeah. <laughs> Sustainable. Yeah. Because there's like, there's ways of altering things too, right? Mm. Chemical. Well, remember, Mike. Might put up a thing, a contest a couple of years ago, asking anyone out there if they if they know a way of breaking down polypro or breaking down old bodyboards to make them recyclable. Right. He stumped up a bit of cash, and no one, well, as far as I know, nobody could come up with a way of of breaking down polypro polypropylene. Okay, like into anything. As far could you as I recycle know. it into something else? I'm not sure on that, but I know there was something out there about in terms of is there a way to make this, you know, to make it less of a less of a waste product. I know they can do... They make a good child gate <laughs> for the top of the stairs. We should actually do a, um, a, a series on different ways you can utilise a bodyboard for not bodyboarding. Sand Juni? Sand Juni, yeah. I saw one that was so, so bent at the beach... That it, um, from the sun, that you'd never be able to get your tech deck skateboard and use it as a half pipe. <laughs> so bad, so and the kids were still riding it. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, it's, so it's got to move towards still run the tech deck race. <laughs> yeah, practice at home. Do you really? <laughs> no. It's got to. It's got to move towards sustainability. Look at the shelves, mate. You can get them again. Yeah, I considered it. No, I was more in. At school in woodwork, uh, making a little um, made out of wood, uh, like a little bodyboard. Oh, yeah. And we'd draw our little logo on it and try and do <laughs> some little channels and we'd just practice bodyboarding and flicking the paper over the bodyboard as we were going Get through you. with our fingers. <laughs> That's cool. Things you do through school, living and breathing bodyboarding. Hey, hey full boog froth, hey. Yeah. Walking along, walking along, getting barrel by trees. You do that one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, still do that. Tree barrels, still do that. Skating, <laughs> stuff, riding your pushy. Um, 
You could probably make, what about, you could make some um, hand planes out of old bodyboards. Yeah, but I think it was more about, you know, like yeah, yeah, making new boards take this thing, ones, yeah. break it down and then recycle it back into, I mean, do we just go old school into back to wooden pipos? But then yeah. you, you run into wood, you know, you're cutting down trees. Yeah, yeah, but there's sustainable practices for that. Um, I, I don't know, like, they, I don't know if they're going to have to invent something or, like, find a, a natural um, resource that works. If there was some huge breakthrough. Could you get maybe cork guys on or something? Like, as in, has he got any other ideas? He seems to be at the forefront. Well, so I'm, I'm just thinking in terms of, so think of the way the whole bodyboard industry is set up through manufacture through either Mezzes factory in Indo or the Ajit factory coming out of Taiwan. That entire operation, both those operations are set up to churn out foam bodyboards. So if you came up with a an alternative, you know, you're, you're then working against the entire bodyboard industry in terms of how everything's set up. So yeah, but they would have to adapt. Would they though? Would they would it just become like the electric you just car? Said it, they're gonna run out. Yeah, okay. Material you think you think market pressures in terms of material availability will force them in a different direction. Uh availability also like I don't know about market demand and bodyboarding. Because like, well, just access most to materials. Most people are going to be like, oh, I don't care. When wasn't that was the down. that was the demise of Dow, wasn't it? In the fact that it was an offcut of, they used to use it as packaging foam around like refrigerators and stuff, and the company, well, Dow Petroleum, stopped making that product, which meant that core went off the market. Really, that, that forced the the creation of polypropylene. So, I don't know. I just. To my mind, it would be it would require those guys to totally retool their their businesses if you moved away from yeah. But they'll keep making those boards. It'd be someone else that comes through with innovation to yeah, create that. True. The, to create something. The Elon Musk of bodyboarding. Yuck. <laughs> Somebody else, like something. It's yuck. Well, I'm, it's just you know, like his thing with Tesla is he's pushed that. He's pushed that, so that's what's happened. Like he's been at the forefront of electrical cars. He's made it happen. Yeah, but he he didn't create that. He bought it from somebody else. Maybe even Chris White's idea how he had the foil bodyboard and is that coming in? Oh, God. I hope not. Don't say it. <laughs> I don't see any more foils near me. <laughs> or the electric foil bodyboard. All right, last question for the night, and it's a long one. So this is from Tom Bellotti. Why do you think it is? Why do you think it is that body surfing surf mats and wooden belly boards get so much love, but the bodyboard is still seen as a lesser craft in the wave riding hierarchy? Unless you're Mike Stewart, who is cool because he's such an old hand, and he's also such a good body surfer, so has some quote unquote spiritual significance in wave riding. Is it that body surfing and wooden belly boarding was original and is therefore viewed as authentic? Is it because surf mats were used by pivotal surfing figures and is therefore considered kosher? 
Is it because body surfing, surf mats and belly boards are not as functional and therefore can never truly challenge stand-up surfing in terms of um, functionality? It can't be about what's harder to do because gliding on a log or or style surfing on a mid-length or fish, fish gets just as much applause as busting massive airs these days. Is it because bodyboards look and feel less organic? Or is it because... Is it because it's usual that surf mat and belly board riders can also stand up? I just find this curious. So he's basically in a nutshell saying, how come body surfing, surf mats and pipos, belly boards, get a free pass as cool and it's image. Boogan it's still shun. Image, man. Yeah, it's because look at the people who are riding those things, man. Who the like the dude who runs a belly board here, man, he's like He's a, he's a dude. Yeah, he's a hipster. Yeah. Which is, is hipster still the dirty word? I don't know. What do you mean? Hey. What do you mean? Well, it was a, you know, it was five years ago. It was, uh, look at these hipsters. It was a, I don't know. They were, they were not, they were not seen as authentic surfers because they were just more about the aesthetic than they yeah, were Yeah, well, that's what it is because like, these guides are like it's just about like wanting to be well maybe it's wanting to be different or something but like the same guys that are riding the like you know those crypto mats out you know there's a big out lennox point for all they're not going to get on a bodyboard man because the bodyboard's not cool and yeah. doesn't suit like you know bodyboard's not going to look cool in the back of the troop you're in the back of the van hipster fucking dickheads yeah that's my opinion 100 percent. it's racist too yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i can agree like it's it's just like because bodyboarding wasn't cool especially back in the day like you know yeah. like i know a lot of like other guys are picking it up now you see every other stand up riding them but like people don't it's like oh you know well, people don't want to be seen with a bodyboard or it's but though it's migrating into that that category yeah who did sure. you you sent me a picture some of the other day who was yeah, that riding a, right, riding a boog yeah where was that out snapper or something uh, was it? yeah snapper i think so it's it's migrating into the fold, although do we want it in the fold? No, I don't. It's separate. Keep it cool. Fuck them off. No. Because it's, they're the same dudes that, dudes that were writing it off. Like, yeah. Well, most of the time, in my experience, I can I can see. Especially it. growing up in the nineties, man, like you copped it from those dudes. Yeah. Hard, and like, and then all of a sudden these guys are riding, and it's not functional. Those things aren't. Well, that functional. We've but done then, it, you know. We've we've body surfed. Well, we still body surf Greenpoint. Yeah, I, I'll body surf. I like I ride a crypto mat too. I I crack at it. Yeah, but like, not it's, when the waves are pumping. It's and... not. It's not functional at the reef, is it? Because it's, you no. just can't get a rail in. Yeah, and like the belly boards too. Like just body surf. Like I, you know, whatever they're fun. I know a lot of guys are into it, but like I know there's there's boogers that are real into it too. Mm. Like and, and it looks fun for sure, but like. Then there's crew that are into it that wouldn't touch a bodyboard. Yeah, I'm that's not. True. I'm not down with that crew. But yeah. to go, if you ride everything, ride everything, but don't go. I'm not gonna ride a body. I'm not gonna ride a foam bodyboard. But it is the it is the original Hawaiian roots, the pipo riding. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And they're super fun, super fast, like in the right waves, in the right conditions. But see, I can I can see it from different perspectives. See. I think the whole hipster movement has been pretty. It was the, it was the catalyst for opening of a lot of minds in surfing in terms of what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. You go back ten years, 
things were still 10, 15 years, very stratified in the surfing world. Yep. And it was thrusters or nothing. And now there's a lot of different guys that ride a lot of different boards because, you know, we were saying it's more culturally acceptable. Yeah, and bodyboarding's becoming part of that as well, I reckon, to yeah. a much smaller degree. Yeah. But, you know, because you're getting burgers doing trips and stuff too on the rare occasion with stand-ups and stuff. But, yeah, just, I don't know. See, you're, not, you're not seeing, like, amazing surfers on surf mats, man. Um, George Greenhouse pretty amazing. Oh, yeah, but, that, like, that's all he does. He's touchstone, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Um, Rasta. He's pretty amazing. But, like, Sue Rasta and that, like... He didn't they run like a finless thing, a finless surf trip, and not invite a bodyboarder? Yeah, that was because it doesn't um, fit like their like image and hydra hydrodynamica where they put the soundtrack to it was an orchestra as well. And to Tom Wegner, another you know, green Tom, Tom washing Wegner is green washing. Oh yeah, I'm so in touch with the environment, but there's like 600 surfboards under me in my garage. Yeah, um, but Tom Wegner, who's a new surf. Makes a lot of wooden boards. Yeah, yeah, the timber boards, yeah. Um, his quote was, apparently he rocked up to that and said, where's the body water? Yeah. And they were like, what do you mean? And they were like, they're finless surfers. Like, they're the best finless surfers. Yeah. Why do we not have a body water here? So, <laughs> well, yeah, and what was the response? <laughs> I don't know, probably crickets, you know. Uh, we don't associate. and that. But this is 20 years ago, so this is what I'm saying. My argument is that hipster movement kicked open the door to make – different types of board riding more acceptable yeah, than what it was 20 years ago. You know, like how many guys ride twin fins now? Most. Yep. You know, single fins, mid-lengths, belly boards. Like it, it seems to be that all those walls have kind of come down and it's just whatever you've got lying around now, people are happy to ride. But so. Yep. But I agree. So it's just fun. It's just fashion. Doesn't look cool. Look, oh, I think most of the time. Yeah. What do you think, Reese? Yeah, I think some people do it for the right reasons. They love doing it, and like, there's this guy. He just, uh, you know, had a hip operation. He's an older dude. He used to kneeboard um, in town here, and he can't do it anymore because of his hip. And he just wants to still, you know, catch waves and that. And he has flippers on, and he rides like one of those beater boards but he rides it like a bodyboard. Oh, yeah. And he said to me he can't ride a bodyboard because he feels like it's a bit too small for him where he rides the beater board laying yeah. down and it's more controllable for him. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. Um, so well, he's so hipster, but he's not doing it for that reason. <laughs> yeah. 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 Actually, I saw that guy the other night. It's like a – he's got pod fins too. He's got one pod Whoa. fin, one pod fin, one stealth fin. He walked past when I was in a restaurant. Yeah, and he went past, and I went, "Oh, potties, no good, no good on the pod fins, mate. You need a need a bit more thrust there." Oh, but hold up, um, John Witzig, who was the original, his brother and him started Tracks Mag way back in the day. Now lives out towards where we surf a lot. When we were kids, he would we used to call him Hornboard because he had a surfboard with two fiberglass knobs attached to the front of it and he would just prone across waves on a fiberglass belly board. No idea who he was. No idea that he was like, you know, OG surf royalty. Why was he doing that? 
because his hips were hips were fucked. Like that was he couldn't stand up anymore. But his way of still getting in the water was sure. to make himself a fiberglass belly board and and fiberglass these two big two big chunks of handles on the on the nose and that's how we got around and yeah, like if there's authenticity behind it, if it's not just following a trend or wanting to look cool or, you know, go for it. But I find that there's not a lot of that. There's a shallowness to it. Yeah. In that crew. There's a lot more people doing it for the trend. Like you'll see. Like, yeah, I'm so versatile. I'm a waterman. Because why? Because you ride a softboard and a. And it's crypto surf, Matt, and a well, mate, that's why I ride a fish because then I don't have to turn it. I just throw my hands up as I go along the top. Yeah, yeah. yeah like <laughs> you'll you'll see a guy out the point or whatever riding one of the blow-up mats with a bucket hat on and a flappy bit, and then you'll see him get one wave and just do nothing on it, and then next minute he'll be out there on his mal, and then next minute he'll be back out there on his soft off foamy doing three sixties along the whole wave. And they're yeah. the, it's weird. They're um, the guys doing it all the time, I feel. Just a useless bit of throwaway trivia at the end that I learned today. Steve Liss, the guy that invented fish surfboards, the fish design is based on um, Churchill fins. Really? Yeah. On the on the the cut of those fins, that's that curve, the yeah. original fish fins is what he like a reverse Churchill fin. Yeah. Right. So there's yeah. Is, there's your dinner party fact for, for this podcast. Oh, yeah, nice. Cool. Baby, I'm more than a little concerned to see you, but the new world order conspiracy. of
We'll talk about how small Reese's penis is yes. in compared to the length of his body. <laughs> now far away, now close. Isn't it? Yeah. Small penis, very small penis. <laughs> small penis, very small penis. It did, uh, it's linked to nose size apparently. I really? I read something the other day. Yeah. Longer your nose is, statistically your slongs. Bigger or smaller? Like if you've got a big nose, you've got a big dick. Really? I thought it was feet, man. Yeah, that's. I think that's old wives' stuff. What was the other one? Mm. Where have you seen like... Have you seen Mitchie sing his feet? <laughs> yeah, and he literally, literally had well, to have adult circumcision. I remember people season. at school would say it's from your thumb <laughs> to, to your, your, your rude finger. <laughs> that's how long your penis is. <laughs> Jesus. 